power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Yes, 
six pastors of the church, there are two, three, three. Three can sing, 
and three of us we are believing God. Hallelujah. One of these pastors will lead worship and you will be shocked. And Pastor Ernest will do praises. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you will be astonished. Ah, the rest want to intimidate us. I'm sure when Pastor Ifa came, those who haven't seen you first say, Hey, another one too who can sing. Amen. We bless God. Put your hands together for the Lord. We bless God. I was telling the church in the early rain service that I mean, this is the first time in the history of the church that we have the full complement of pastors around. Hallelujah. It's a good time to be in church. Let's put our hands together. It's a good time to be in church. Amen. This will also be a good time for me to take a leave. After if I disappear, you are in the hands of five very capable pastors. No be so. Uh-huh. Sometimes I have to disappear small. You have drained me. Have drained me. So me to have to go and chop somewhere and then come back and feed you. Amen. Hey, I'm saying something. Eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So this morning, I want to share a word with you. And, you know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Let's see 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Let's see what the word of God says about that. I'm preaching a different message from what I preached at the first service. The first service one, it came when I mounted the pulpit. So it wasn't in the plan. The key of restlessness. It came when I was singing. So if you realize, I just took my pen and wrote one or two points down. It wasn't in the plan. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness hallelujah there's a word I'm looking for I think King James will give it to me he said all scripture hey which one uses the word rebuke I want the word rebuke which version uses the word or none of them does aha NIV sometimes it can do wonderful things all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness hallelujah yeah today the, the first service the, the, the word of God came to inspire you the key of restlessness I inspired you not to be comfortable with your situation that, that situation you are battling with for you to get restless in your spirit because Esau was told that when you have become restless, you will break his yoke from off your neck. So that one was one function of the word of God. But this one is meant for rebuke. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. As the volume suddenly gone down, I say hallelujah. Uh-huh. Amen is for free. You don't pay Momo to say amen. Hallelujah. All right. So today's message is in the form of a question. It's in the form of a question. You see, we must ask ourselves questions from time to time as believers. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Someone say, tell us the title. You are reading scriptures. You are not telling us what you want to preach. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. 
examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Somebody say, examine yourselves. Say, examine yourselves. Whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. It said, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. So the Bible is admonishing us to test ourselves from time to time. Amen? And every test involves questions. Have you seen a test that doesn't involve questions before? Have you written a test and there were no questions for you to answer? That is why today, today, today is self-examination Sunday. Mm, you are supposed to examine yourself to see whether this thing called Christianity, you are following it the way you are supposed to follow it. That's why I, I the person that was in the spirit when he came and started leading songs around, I love you, Lord. I love you. I said, huh. We will see whether we really love God. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. And so it's a question I'm putting to you today. So the title of my message is What kind of Christian are you? Ask somebody close to you, what kind of Christian are you? Ask another person, what kind of Christian are you? Hallelujah. That is the question to you. What kind of Christian are you? What sort of believer are you? In which city were the Christians first called Christians? Bible scholars. In Antioch. Yes, it was in the city of Antioch. Antioch wasn't a Christian city by that time. It was full of pagan worship and all of that. So the word Christians was actually coined by pagans. People who didn't follow Christ. People who didn't know God. But there was something they saw in the followers of Christ in those days. That made them link them to Christ. And for them to call them Christians. Hallelujah. Yeah. There was something they saw. They looked at them and went, oh, these people are not ordinary people. They are not like us. There's something very different about them. And so they gave them the name Christians. So today I'm asking you, yes, you're a Christian, all right. But what kind of Christian are you? And I'll give you some types of Christians. Say types of Christians. Say types of Christians. You see, if you are not responding, then you are a certain type of Christian I'll talk about. Mm, some of you, you are preaching the message already. You are, you are fulfilling scripture with your behavior. As I told you, every time you are fulfilling scripture, but which scripture are you fulfilling? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So I'll give you some types of Christians. And uh, see, maybe you see yourself in some of them. Amen? The first kind of Christian, and the ones I'm going to start with are types of Christians you shouldn't be. And I'll end with some that you should be. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Let's deal with the negative first. The negative, I'll touch on some of them. It's a long list of like 12. But I'll give you all the 12. Some of them you, you know yourselves already. I don't have to tell you. Alright. The first kind of Christian you shouldn't be is what I call the crisis Christian. Hmm. The crisis Christian. Who is the crisis Christian? The Christian who remembers God only in times of crisis. You see, it's unfortunate that this type of Christianity has gained roots in our time. Like, like more than ever before. Nowadays, you see churches that are full. 
and majority of the people there don't know God for themselves they've heard that there is a sharp prophet somewhere they've heard that somebody is giving little numbers they've heard that people are prospering after the hands have been laid on them by a particular person you've heard that they are selling some kind of oil or some kind of pomade now there's pomade against witches you think it's in the pomade eh? you wake up in the middle of the night and the witch is in the room oh tb crap he's smearing himself with the pomade christians have become crisis christians we we don't seek god for ourselves just for the sake of it when you hear somebody is fasting most of the time it's because there is something wrong somewhere something is chasing them we, we don't have many Christians now fasting just because no, I feel like I've gone a little far away from God I'm not sharp in the spirit like I used to be my, my joy when it comes to coming into the presence of God and, and even working in the house of God has gone down I feel a little drained I want to go and re-establish that connection with God we don't fast for those reasons again it's always because there is a problem somewhere there is something ahead of you it's because there is an interview for a job that you need the favor of God for. That is why we remember that declarations and big, big scriptures. And we quote. So we have become crisis Christians. You see, we are like Lot. When Lot needed Abraham, he was close to him. When he got attacked, when he got attacked, it took Abraham's private army. Abraham was Rachel. How many people have private armies in, in, in this world? May you have a private army <laughs> A private army of More than 300 soldiers That's a serious thing Keeping an army is not easy Weapons, feeding them Training, all of those things It takes a lot of wealth To be able to have an army It took Abraham's army to rescue him When things were fine He wanted to separate himself That's how we treat God sometimes crisis believers we will run to God when it is two weeks to exam exam prayer meetings are the most fiery you see people hey this one to eat they pray <laughs> see them praying actually taking stance and they are praying because you are afraid I'm your auntie she wants you to fail so you must pray and cover yourself may God have mercy on you you see, God is a very merciful God. Though. If God were to treat us according to how we treat Him, for a lot of us, God is item 13. You know why we call it item 13? It's like the last thing on the program. Item 10. God is item 10. When we have taken care of every other thing, then God comes in. But may we repent in the name of Jesus. Yes. Crisis believers chasing God only when something is chasing them you talk to a lot of Christians you realize ah this person doesn't know God people know about God but they don't know God a lot of believers now they know about God but they don't know God for themselves when was the last time you actually sat down to read the Bible for yourself and for you to say God speak to me 
And you see, those of us in ministry, we can easily get into that too. It's it's easy to slip in. In fact, it's easiest to backslide when you are in ministry. It's easy, easy. Sometimes we think it's a shield. <laughs> it's very, very easy. You got to a time any time I take the Bible. I'm like, God, what do you have for the people? Every day, what do you have for the people? What do you have for the people? You got to a time I said, Look, let me stop this thing. When I tell, I said, God, what do you have for me? Because I also need to hear a word from you. Hallelujah. No, I've not gone beyond hearing from God from His word. The fact that I stand here to preach to you doesn't mean I finished studying everything in this way. There are still things God can say to me. So those of you in ministry, don't let the ministry become a, 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 a shield to hide behind and backslide. The fact that you are a minister, when people see you, they assume you are on fire. It's an assumption that you are on fire. But sometimes deep inside you, you know, say fire, no, it is extinguishing. The fire is not what it used to be. Hallelujah. We must desire a personal relationship with God. A personal relationship with God. If I should take a survey right now, how many people spent even 30 minutes in God's presence yesterday? Here. I'm sure it will be a disaster. From leaders right down to the rest of the congregation. It will be a disaster. So, so what kind of Christianity, what kind of relationship do we have with God? We don't talk to God. We don't chat with Him. We don't ask Him questions. What kind of relationship is that? You are waiting for somebody to say, I dreamt and I saw a coffin and you were lying inside. Hey, then you remember that there is something called prayer. You are preparing for example. Somebody said, mm, I dreamt and when I went to the notice board, I didn't see your name. And remember, hey, Charlie, I gotta pray. Crisis believers. God doesn't like those kinds of believers. May we repent in Jesus' name. Oh, I said, may we, oh, you're not part. May we repent in Jesus' name. No. Crisis Christians. That's the first type of Christian. Number two is the convenient Christian. The one who does things for God, the one who worships God when it is convenient. That means they don't understand sacrifice. Only when it's convenient. When it is fine with me. When I finish doing every other thing. When I finish learning. When I finish doing my job. When I finish taking care of my children. When I finish taking care of my husband. When I finished with my project. When I have graduated from school and I have my certificate then I can serve God convenient Christians convenient Christians will not come to church simply because it is raining today when I woke up and there were a lot of clouds I said hey in Ghana when we see rain everything must come to a standstill meanwhile if it is work if it is school if it is a lecture, even when it's raining cats and dogs, you will look for a raincoat, you look for an umbrella, you will pass through and go. Because you regard those things more than you regard serving God. When you see rain, it is an excuse. Oh, <laughs> let me sleep some more. Especially when it comes with the cool wind. 
Let's sing, open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. What if you had an appointment with your beloved and it was going to rain and the rain was going to stop it? That's why you pray. May the Lord roll the rain bearing clouds away. <laughs> Convenient Christians. When I was prayer secretary in school, I was leading a prayer meeting and it started drizzling. Everybody was expecting that I'll end the prayer meeting. That was when I shifted gear. Oh, what? Are you salt? Are you soluble? When you stand in the rain, will you dissolve and disappear in front of our eyes? No! God in his wisdom didn't make us like that. Oh, I shifted gear. People were looking at me some way. I didn't even listen to them. So I wish I pray. <laughs> it was here on a Friday morning, dawn prayer meeting. It wasn't even rain, rain. it was drizzling, small, keke. No people here, spirit of restlessness. <laughs> they wanted to leave. I said, we'll, we'll start there and pray. Ah, my prayer topics are in Gabo. <laughs> you reserve those ones for the end. And then I heard after that, some people said, don't come for the prayer meeting again. Because prayer secretary didn't close the meeting when it started drizzling. I'm not even talking about rain. Drizzling. Started drizzling because it spoiled their hair. Pemme, no, are going to sit under dryer. That dryer, the way it shade your head, no? the retouch. Sometimes when they put the cream, the retouching cream, you want to go mad. No, be so because some people, especially when you have a crow, a crow under you. <laughs> your scalp and they put that thing on your hair but you go back and they put it again am I lying or am I lying uh huh but rain touched your hair because of that you won't come for prayer meeting again oh that Friday night I got the microphone and I addressed them well Those days, I probably didn't have the heart of a pastor like that too. <laughs> oh, I fired them. I told them, you, this your hair. <laughs> this your hair. And you say you won't come for prayer meeting again because small drops of water attacked your hair. Go to the Bible. There was a woman who loved Jesus too much. And her hair, I can bet my last person, it was longer and nicer than yours. She loved Jesus so much that she used her head to wipe Jesus' dirty feet. All because the Bible says what? A woman's glory is her head. But when you come into the presence of God, that glory, you must leave it at the door and come and behold only God's glory. Hmm? If somebody could use her hair to wipe. And if you read the Bible, that day Jesus had traveled to a lot of places. And the Mediterranean climate is said that when you walk small, your feet are dirty. And she used her head to wipe Jesus' feet. In spite of how long and how nice it is. You see how the Mediterranean people, they have nice hair. They don't need cream. They don't need chemicals. They don't need stretching. It is already stretched. It is already creamed. It is already chemicalized. She used it to wipe Jesus' feet. Dirty feet. You clean water from heaven. Has touched your hair because of that. You say you won't come again. 
you can stay in your room and do whatever you want to do hallelujah people want to be baby too much in church and we have people here bus bus crowd picks people to come to church hey when people miss the bus it means they must miss church meanwhile they are just here if five of you decide to pick an uber you will all pay one cd one cd one cd and you will come to church all right i thought i'll get some amens and some support for this one because i'm here yeah you have to sow a seat on this one people must grow people must grow people sacrifice their time to come and pick you and one hour you should bless god for the lives of people like minister joy and pastor ernest one hour sometimes because I said that's fine. We waited one hour, and when you are coming to it's not like you are running. No, not before. Hey, I forgot my <laughs> this is you go back and you sit inside. You even apologize. You expect it to be normal. It's not normal, it's not normal at all. It is highly abnormal, very, very, very abnormal. You must grow out of that behavior, you need to grow. It's not many churches that you get people to be patient like that. Oh. Even to get a van to come and pick you when the distance is just here. You have to grow out of that behavior. If the set time of the van comes and you miss it, that is it. From now on, that's how it's going to be. No plenty waiting, nothing. If you miss it, pick a car and come to church. Pick a car and come to church. After all, the distance is... Even if you decide that, I'll walk and, and pray in tongues on the way. By the time you come, your spirit man will be charged up. But it's like, it's as if people, people, people are doing the church a favor by coming. No, you're not doing the church a favor at all. You're not doing the church a favor. As you can see, we, 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 we don't lack people. Amen. One of the reasons we're having two services is that this place is too small for us. By God's grace. First service the numbers were just about the same. Can you imagine all of us bam, bam, bunching up here like that? It will be a disaster. That is why. So you are not doing God a favor by coming to church at all. You are not. And this baby attitude must stop. You have to grow. We can baby you for a while. You see, if a baby is there, misbehaving, misbehaving, if you are eight years and still when your mother says go and do it and you lie on the ground now we must bring the king and ensure the bible says foolishness is upon the heart of a child but the rod of correction will drive it away so it means it gets to a point the rod of correction i, I don't mean we put cane on people in this church we shall not do that but proper discipline amen discipline by letting the bus leave you One Uber, short distance. How much do they think? Six CDs. Five. Five CDs. If there are four of you crying, you decide to share. Even if it's two of you. Two CDs, 50 pesos. Two CDs, 50 pesos. And the offer to cry is likely you give one CD. <laughs> so if you spend two CDs, 50 pesos. And then one CD extra on church. Because have for going there, you will get the bus. You will make sure. You see, when it comes to the exit, we are on time. But coming in, that one. And, and let me come to lateness too. 
Uh-huh. It's all part of being a convenient believer. Me, I don't feel fine when I come to church and I miss opening prayer, praise and worship. It's like I've not been to church. For a lot of people, it's a wrong mentality to think church is all about the word. It's not all about the word. Do you know what happens to you when praise is going on? Do you know what happens to you when worship is going on? Do you know the burdens that are lifted? Do you know the things that happen in the realm of the spirit when you call upon the name of Jesus and singing? Problems that are ahead of you in the week are solved while you are lifting up the name of God. While you are worshiping, while you are praising God. But we think it's all about, oh, and the word of the Lord says, and the word. no, it's just one part of the meeting. I keep telling you that the most important part of any church service to God is not what I'm doing now. Because my preaching will not change him. God, he doesn't come late. God is not lazy. God is not a convenient God. He's a covenant-keeping God. He's there through thick and thin. That is how God is. So this message I'm preaching doesn't do anything to God. But when we lift up our voices in worship, we lift up our voices in praise. That is when God stands up and he says, minister to me. I can't imagine God saying, preach it. You are speaking to me. You are dialing my number. As I'm preaching, he says, I can't dial his number. But in worship, you can dial God's number. In praise, you can dial God's number. You can cause God to arise from his throne to save the sweetness of your worship and your praise. But you are fine missing that one. You're okay missing that one. Let me hurry up for the word. The word enters better when you are praised. The word enters better when you are prayed. The word enters better when you have worshipped. Let me tell you. It's better. This kind of convenient behavior must stop. It must stop. If you're a few minutes late, it's understandable. But sometimes one and a half hours late. Sometimes there are good reasons why people are late. But when your good reasons are becoming too many, then you become suspicious. Hallelujah. May the Lord take us out of that realm of being convenient believers. Ah. When you wake up in the morning on Sunday, it, it depends on how you are feeling. Whether you come to church depends on, or not depends on how you are feeling. If I'm feeling excited, I'll come to church. If not, and sometimes you ask people, why didn't you come to church? And the reasons are childish. The reasons are childish. Oh, I slept a lot on Sunday afternoon. So, Saturday afternoon. So, I couldn't sleep early on Sunday. In the night. Because Saturday, I don't have anything to do. If you don't have anything to do, there is set up here. At 5 o'clock on Saturday. You can come and come and help. Instead of being in your house and being idle, we need more hands for the setup. Hallelujah. Come and help. Come and do something in the house of God. Let's stop giving childish excuses. Let's stop being stagnant Christians. People who are not progressing. People who are not growing. Amen. So that is the convenient believer. For the convenient believer, serving God is not a priority. It's never a priority. It's like it's not number one. Serving God is not a priority. Coming to church is not a priority. Sometimes sometimes students hide behind this, I'm going home thing. I'm going home. When you go home to you, don't go to church. When you go home, you don't go to church. So for you, that Sunday was blank. Even if you don't come to church on Sunday while you are in school, when you go home, make it a point to go to church because you have a church at home as well. Hallelujah. Yes. 
But it's like, oh, if I'm going home this weekend, then it means this weekend there is no church. You don't love God like that. You don't love the things of God. There is a problem somewhere. And I pray that you will repent. Hallelujah. Don't, don't be in church as if you are doing the pastor a favor or you are doing the church a favor by being there. I'm not one of those people who move too much by numbers and things like that. Too. If I came here and I met 10 people, I'll still preach. Hallelujah. I will still fire the word. I will still preach with energy. Because you cannot see the angels, but I can see them. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So there are 10 of you here, there are hundreds of angels here. Amen. Yes. Let's stop this thing about being convenient believers and everything is about our convenience and, and when it's right for us and when it is fine for us. And listen, even in our giving, we are convenient. Mm, it's only when it's convenient. That sometimes of the month when we raise a seed, hey, pastor can say whatever he can say. Quote whatever scripture he can quote. Do whatever gymnastics. Baby, I want a because for you at that time it's not convenient but you see there's something called sacrifice say sacrifice yeah. nothing qualifies as a sacrifice until it hurts you to do it let me tell you when you give an offering when everything is fine give 20,000 Ghana cities when everything is fine I believe in God's eyes if you gave two CDs when you were tight, the value in God's eyes is bigger than you giving 20,000 CDs at the time that you have 1 million Ghana CDs. God doesn't look at the size of your offering by what you put in. He looks at the value of your offering by what is left after you have given. That's how God measures your offering. How do I know that? There was a day they were giving offering in church. And Jesus was standing by the offering bowl. If I come and stand by the offering bowl right now, you'll say, Hey, this person says, I've come. And I'm looking inside. I'm sure he was not there. He was looking inside the bowl to see what everybody gave. So he knew what everybody gave. One of these days, we'll have what we call open offering. We won't put it in the offering pouch. Me, myself, I'll hold the basket. No offering pouch. When you put it in, it's a red note. It's a blue note. If it is a green one, God has seen you, and me too, I have seen you. Convenient Christians, such believers, they don't tithe. I like the way the place has become quiet because this one I know it applies to about 85% of you. How do I know the figure? I made the financial desk do an audit to find out roughly what percentage of church members. It's just about 15%. So, Pastor Della, this thing you'll be saying, we are 100% tight paying church. We are 100% tight paying church. It is a fallacy. 15%. If it is an exam, it is super fail. F. So, you don't just say F. 15%. It is 15% of people. Let me. It's not the offertory that sustains the church. Let me tell you the truth. It's not the, it's not what you give on Sunday. That's not what sustains it. It is the tithe that sustains the church. You see, it's one of the reasons why the devil is mounting an assault on the whole thing of tithe. If tithe is touched, 
in the kingdom of God, we are in trouble. We can't do much. Now we are talking, we are going to buy land. This, that, 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 that. The land we are going to buy is 240,000 Ghana cities. You know, if you look at your offertory, you know, if you sit down today and you examine your offertory, you think you can buy that kind of land? No. Tithe is what runs the church. Tithe is what runs the church. Luckily, you are in a church that the pastor will not chop your money. In fact, I don't need your money. Hallelujah. By God's grace, I don't need your money. One day some of the pastors were like, oh, that if you work hard, let, let's, let's put you on some allowance. I don't, I don't want it. I don't want Let's rather channel it into paying for somebody's school fees or, you know, somebody's thing or health bills and stuff like that. By God's grace, I can live without it. In other places, the tithe, it is the man of God who top it. Because if you are going strictly according to the word, that is what it was meant for. For taking care of the man of God. There are some things you can't preach. Oh, because if you preach a looter in people's spirits. <laughs> the priests were the custodians of the time. One of these days, I'll do a teaching on uh, tithes and offerings. I'll do a teaching, a series on that, for you to understand the subject well. 15%, 15% of the church. So the 85%, let me not say much. Repent, hallelujah. You see, tithing eh, is a way of showing God your faithfulness with the little that you have. Some of you, you don't type because you think, ah, but this is my 500 CDs. The 50 is big old. But you see, he who is faithful in little, God will entrust you with much. God is just testing your faithfulness. If you have 500, if you are earning 500 CDs now, and you can't give 50, you think when you are earning 10,000 CDs, you can give 1,000? You look at 50 and like, hey, Charlie, this 50, yeah, it's big old. What will you say when it is thousand that you have to take out? You are failing the test of faithfulness. You are failing it. We are teaching our children to tithe, even from a young age. Their mother gives them a certain amount of money. They don't really use it for anything. But they've been taught that 10% of it, take it and give it out. To church. So by the time you grow, it's part of you. You know that that 10%, you don't chop it. It's not for you, it's for God. That's why God refers to those in the Old Testament. He said, you have robbed me. You only rob when something is not yours and you take it. I won't tell you that in the New Testament era, if you don't tithe, you are cursed and blah, 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 blah. No, I won't tell you that. I don't have any biblical basis for it. But what I'm telling you is that there is a place for tithing and it is important in the kingdom of God. Sometimes we use the excuse, oh, that was old covenant. The truth is that you just don't want to give. Because if we are looking at new covenant giving, we were even encouraged at times to give all. If you want to see whether somebody supports something, you see whether the person commends it or recommends it. And Jesus commended giving your all and also recommended it. There was somebody who was coming to follow. He said, go and sell everything and give it to the poor and come and follow me. 
and the woman who gave the might the, the two mites he commended her because he gave her all he both commended and recommended giving you all so that means it's something jesus endorses hallelujah so if you are really going to go by the dispensational argument then you shouldn't even be giving 10 percent give 20 give 30 i've never tied 10 percent in my life i've never tied 10 percent in my life it's always more than 10 percent because i'm not doing it because of that old testament thing hallelujah i'm doing it because i know there is a need in the house of god and it has to be met may you repent in jesus name on that note there are tight cards amen i said on that note there are tight cards so if you don't have a tight card see the um ushers after service they will provide you with one and the ushers i i hope all of you have tight cards there is silence there was silence in heaven you don't just issue out to <laughs> look there's a lot ahead of us as a church building and blah 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 it is these things plus the special offerings somebody told me ah, the person visited the church and we did the kofi and Amma. and when we mentioned the total said, ah, also for your church the people they look like they are prosperous but this was the total amount of damage people are not giving at all what answer can i give when it comes to these things you just keep quiet say so your people look very nice like i told you people say this church, there's no ugly person here when they see our pictures on facebook and say hey Charlie, that people are nice so may it translate into money in your pocket it's no good just being nice your pocket too must be well lined hallelujah convenient christians number three the conservative christian the conservative christian the conservative christian does what is acceptable they want to be accepted everywhere and so what looks a little unacceptable but is biblical they won't do there are some people who are shy an elder comes to visit you your cell overseer comes to visit you you are going to see the person off in the middle of the road say oh hold my hand let us pray start looking around hey, are looking at me conservative christian you want to do what is acceptable sometimes when people behave like that it is an indication that they are living a double life you have not declared your stance openly to the people around you so hey hey so you too hey so you too also visits you hey does he know what you have been doing with us the conservative christian the conservative christian is the religious christian Sometimes when people say, oh, and this guy is very religious, I say, if you knew what religious means, you will use it to describe somebody. The Bible was talking about religious people when they said, talking about a group of people who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. They have a form of godliness. They deny the power thereof. It's like religion. It's about rules. Those are the people that when their Bible falls down, they have to kiss it. No, they don't know anything inside the Bible. A cross around your neck doesn't put Jesus in your heart. A Bible in your armpit doesn't put Jesus in your heart. Those are religious people. I'm going to sleep. I must have a, a, a Bible under my pillow. 
so that the witches will not come. You've not seen a witch, a witch that is using a Bible as launching pad to fly. <laughs> Standing on the Bible. That leather bound thing is just a physical representation of the word of God. The word of God is spirit. Hallelujah. Spirit. And it becomes active when you transport it into your spirit and you release it from your spirit. That's when it becomes active. Not when it's in the book like that. You see Nigerian movies and people are doing deliverance. And the possessed persons and they are holding Bible and doing this. Sometimes it's like, and some light comes out of the Bible. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> That is the spirit of religion. Religion. You deny the power thereof. You don't understand why people should come to church and not be sanctimonial. Why should people laugh when the word of God is being preached? You need to be serious. Why should people shout amen when a pastor says something? One amen can change your life. One amen can activate angels to move on your behalf. I've told you before that when Mary said, Be it unto me according to your word. After the angel had declared the word of God unto her. That was what ensured that she became pregnant. He gave her Isaiah 7.14. A virgin shall conceive. Papa, the word of God was released by a messenger. And she said, be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me is let it be. Let it be is amen. So she just said, amen. And she got pregnant. And that is what has resulted in our salvation today. May your amen to a word by a messenger of God trigger things that will change your generations that are after you. When I listen to the old messages from the podcast, 2018, 2017, I realized that the church has become dull. Mm, you are quiet. The church has become dumb. There are some voices I can hear in the preaching shouting amen. But now, Kawaka Kra. Now you have become too mature. Don't look at some people. It's not the people you are thinking. <laughs> I don't know, but when I listened to those messages, I felt that the, the audience was more into the message. Maybe it's me that my anointing has reduced. Maybe, maybe, maybe that is it. Maybe I have to examine myself and look at myself. Maybe it's not the audience that I've become too mature. Sometimes the things we call maturity are actually signs of backsliding. There is a kind of maturity that must be done backwards. You must go back to your first love. Go back to the first works. Go back to those days where you were, you, you were nonchalant about things. Where you could lift up your hand freely. When you could pray freely. When you could openly sit in a draw, draw and preach the word. You must mature backwards. Maybe one of these days I should do a remix of that message. Maturing backwards. You need to mature backwards. Go back to your first love. That's what the church was told. And do the first works. Some people need to go back and do the first works. Some of you, when you got born again, you could preach on trotro. But now God has blessed you. 
Trotro is beyond you. I mean, very soon you own your car, though, but it is still not bad to go back to the trotro days. Hallelujah. In the morning, when somebody was giving testimony, he said, Oh, I and AE were sitting in front. When I said two people were sitting in front, then it was it wasn't Uber. <laughs> but a day will come. Hallelujah. Yeah, a day will come. They will come. Conservative Christians. And then the last one. Carnal Christians. Carnal Christians. We have too many of too many carnal Christians in the in the kingdom of God these days. Carnal Christians. Full of carnality. You see them and you can't tell whether they are Christians or unbelievers. Or they are unbelieving believers. A hybrid. Spiritual half caste. You are not black, you are not white, you are in between. Spiritual half caste. Too many of such people. They flow nicely with the unbelievers and flow very well in church. When they come, they know all the spiritual jargons. They know all the responses. They speak in tongues. They can dance. They can lift up their hand in worship. They can fall down during ministration. But the same people, you see them as on party, eh? And the dressing. And the short skirts. And the show your back. And the lo and behold. They flow perfectly. From time to time, I look at people's statuses. You know, if you realize I've been, I've been inspired your status. Every pastor must do that. You must have time for checking statuses. It is an indicator of what is going on in the lives of the people. Say amen. I check your statuses. Some of you have not seen even one godly post. Even the Lord is with you. Nothing. Can things on your and this and this and this and this. And people are fighting using status. I never knew you were this wicked. Maybe it's the devil you are talking about. I don't know. Carnality. There are times I call people and say, pull down this status. It doesn't edify anybody. Pull it down. Sometimes people do it inadvertently. Like, oh, they don't really know that this thing is this. So when I point it out to them, because you see, what an adult will see certain, a child, when you stand cry, you don't see. You may say, oh, this one is nothing. But when I open the thing up to them in three dimensions, you realize that, hey, are they away? it is a dangerous thing. That is my role as your father. Hallelujah. Yes. Because some of the things you post, you are, you are painting a certain image of yourself without knowing that that is what you are doing. Sometimes the carnality. Hey. If you want to take a selfie, make sure you are well dressed. And you have covered yourself nicely. Take a video. Your eyes. Sometimes the eyes. I was like, hey. 
eyes like, like cartoons. Like that. They were licking their lips. Are you a snake? It's snakes who are always licking your mouth. Like that. Licking your Some guy is looking at you and you are generating lust. Saturday evening, you've done that. Oh, you know, because of you, somebody didn't go to church. Because the kind of thoughts that were generated in his mind, he felt unworthy to go into the presence of God. And you are being a tool in the hands of the enemy without knowing it. May we repent in the name of Jesus. One pastor said he had a church member called Josephus. He went to visit Josephus. Josephus didn't want pastor to enter the room. Hey, Josephus. Pastor said, today I have driven to your house. I want to say, oh, pastor, let's, let's finish it here. Let's do it here. He said, come on, what do you mean? Move and let me get inside. Do you, you know how much well I bent to come here? I should stand there. So there's fresh air here. Fresh air. I don't want fresh air. I want to enter your room, Josephus. I want to go to your room. And Josephus moved out of the way. Hey! Lying on his bed. He said, Hey, Josephus, is this what you have been doing? He looked at Josephus' wall. Black lady in bikini. White lady in bikini. He said, Josephus, do you pray here? Turn on Christians. May you not be like Josephus. When I come to visit you, you must feel free to let me enter the room because he said, What well, the prince of this world came and he found nothing in me. May nothing evil be found in you. So if I say, Give me your phone right now, you think before you give it. Why, why must you think? Yeah, I can give you my phone. I don't even have a password on it. You can have it and check whatever you can check. Carnal Christians, carnal believers. When they are drinking whiskey, you know how to drink it. It crack a crack. Yeah, they have appetite. Don't be a carnal. <laughs> carnal believers. But then let me give you one type of good Christian you must be. And then we'll end it. One type of good Christian you have to be. And then we'll finish it. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Verse 15 to 16. Give me King James Version. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Verse 15 to 16. He said, I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanas. Somebody say the house of Stephanas. I pray that you'll be like the people in the house of Stephanas. That it is the first fruits of Achaia. That means they were the first converts of Achaia. And that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. The key word is addicted. Say addicted. Say addicted. Yeah. You must be addicted to ministry. You must be addicted to the house of God. You must be addicted to the things of God. That is the nature of the people of the household of Stephanas. So people who are addicted to God, who are addicted to service. 
what are the the, the, the the signs of an addiction when somebody is addicted to something it's in your mind all the time those will be certain sins when they come don't look at me as if you don't know what I'm talking about when they come your mind is always on your, it's on your mind it's like you are restless until the drug addicts they will spend everything on the thing on the thing they are addicted to when you're addicted to god you don't mind spending on the kingdom you don't mind giving you don't mind emptying your account for a good and a worthy project that's how addicts behave when i talked about the land thing the people who have carried their savings and they have brought it and also for, we are pushing this agenda some of you can't even be bothered like i have to come and stand here and give you word of prophecy and say you must show two thousand cities into this prophecy and that is how people manufacture things and tell people just so that they can raise money and sometimes it's not even for themselves to trouble it's so that the work will go on my man of god also so, so for when they come back they will come back they will. <laughs> He was being very honest. There are some people they live on the ministry. The way the people are giving two CD, one CD, and things, the children must pay school fees. So you have to come. I see a certain cloud over your head, and the Lord is telling me, put 1,000 CDs, and I'll tell you the rest of this prophecy. My budget is school fees, my budget is everything on your 1,000 CDs. Finish. I said, one year, and they come back. money without thinking a drug addict will steal I'm not saying go and steal <laughs> to come and support the work of God now when God himself will lash you that's how addicts behave addicts have withdrawal symptoms when they have not had the thing for a while they are restless they are, they are not okay you see an alcoholic who hasn't drunk the way they shake uh-huh. that's how you are supposed to be if you don't come to church on Sunday by you, you are even more comfortable when you don't come to church when you are in the choir and you have not sung in the choir for a while you should be restless, you should be uncomfortable you have not been to choir practice your name is there as prayer band member but for the past three months you haven't even joined any of their prayer meetings if you are really an addict of ministry you should be restless you should be shaking. You should be uncomfortable. But you are fine. It means there is something wrong with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You come in there three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. There are people when they miss church one Sunday, that it's like there's, there's something wrong. Something is not right somewhere. They are not okay. I pray that you come to that point. When you are addicted to the house of God and you are addicted to service. Those who are addicted to service, they don't do it because of the pastor. They do it because they are doing it unto the Lord. And when you are doing it unto the Lord, you, you do it with diligence and you do it with all your heart. It doesn't matter who hurts you. It doesn't matter who offends you. You still go ahead and do it. But some people, the slightest thing, I'm offended. I will not serve again. I've been in the choir for many years. Why is it that I've never led a song? And somebody just came in, the person has led a song. I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm going. You see your part small and quiet. Director says, Charlie, today you bent the song. 
it's like uh, what do you call it a stove today you increase the burning capacity and i will share you so repent and you are angry no you are not addicted to service enough when you are addicted you are not prompted the addict is not prompted somebody say why she we are now Charlie, why she spontaneously the desire is there go and take it and roll it and hide and smoke I even like the way they pass it around no? they say it's brotherly love she will be no here brotherly love they interview one guy and say it's a sign of brotherly love Instead of everybody seeing one on their own, that one no, you better. No. You are breaking bread, breaking weed, <laughs> sharing the weed. Nobody prompts an addict. Nobody prompts an addict. You do it yourself. So if pastor is always having to prompt you, have you done this? If your overseer is prompting you, head of department prompting you, you haven't got to the point of an addict yet. An addict moves spontaneously without being pushed without being reminded he's too addicted to the thing i pray that god will bring you to that point i will bring you to that point the addict is sold out to what he's doing recently pastor Ernest was saying that also for what senior mo does a lot of people cannot do i said a lot of people saying even a lot of pastors can do I'm not saying it to, to, to praise him or, or because he's here. I'm saying the truth. He's sold out to what he's doing. I've never had to prompt him. Have you gone to do this? this, this, this? He, he does this spontaneously because he's sold out to what he's doing. The kind of patience he has for following up souls. The stubborn, unrepentant, not willing to grow, not willing to mature souls. And he's still patient with them. Sometimes you call somebody, oh, I'll come to church, say, oh, I'll come and call you. By the time you get the person is sleeping, he will wait for you and bring you to church. Hallelujah. Yeah, those are the kind of people God is looking for. Service and ministry is not just about you know the big man things and you know you looking flashy and very honorable, and your Bible will be carried. A lot of young when you talk to them, you realize their heart with which they are going to ministry is wrong. All they want is recognition. Finish. They don't have any burden for souls. They don't have any burden for the kingdom. They don't desire to see the kingdom of God expanded. They want to create kingdoms for themselves, for people to serve them and call them Papa. They've seen those who have gone ahead of them. They have served God faithfully and God is blessing them financially. Four wheel drive. For some people, all they are aiming is in ministries that one day, me too, I shall drive a land cruiser. Of all ministers, you are to be pitied. If that is the mentality with which you are entering ministry, you will not get anywhere. All you want is for people to be kneeling down for you. Oh, Papa, oh, Osafu, and this and this. And that is your motivation. Oh, that means the day you get it, your motivation and your zeal is finished. And there are a lot of people in ministry who have gotten to that point. The things that moved them to serve God were wrong. They've gotten those things. For some people, it's poster. They want to see their face on a poster. Was a time there was a program and a billboard in my face. Somebody called and said, Oh, so food, it is working. It is working. Hey, man of God. It is working. I was so happy. 
when he saw the billboard he took a picture and sent it to me by whatsapp it is working yeah. you think it's working means your face is on the <laughs> I've told them several times I wish I could do ministry and nobody would know me sometimes I fight with them to even put my face on posters some of the fire rally posters in the past you realize that my picture Christ is not even on it I fight with them because that is not the ministry that is not the ministry that is not the, that is not what shows that you are you have arrived my face you put me on a, on a tree and the next time I see some dog is urinating on my face on a tree like that. no 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 that's not it that's not what shows that I've arrived it is how God sees me it is how God sees my heart it is how God perceives my motives that is what will show whether I have arrived or not man's perception of greatness is completely different from God's perception of greatness we expect flashiness I'm sure if God should start ranking men of God in the world right now the top hundred will be shocked because most of them will not have seen their face on a poster before we've not heard their name on radio before we may not have seen them on TV before why should Jesus say of all men born of women the greatest was John the Baptist what was to write home about where John the Baptist was concerned? Come on, headache. The guy couldn't heal. The Bible said it clearly. He did no miracles. Ah, of more men born of women. Why? Wasn't there a woman who gave birth to Moses? Wasn't there a woman who gave birth to Elijah? Calling down fire. Moses splitting Red Sea. Elijah so anointed that even his casket his coffin was raising the dead and john the baptist jesus put him in front of them all men born of women it should tell you that it is not in the flashiness it's not in the flashiness it is with the faithfulness with which you do what god has called you even if it's sweeping you can do it faithfully to the point where your reward will be bigger than me the pastor who stands in front of you every day if my heart the heart with which i'm doing it is wrong and you are doing it with a genuine heart recently a pastor was telling me some of his leaders are like why is it that you are the only one whose face is on the poster like we are all doing the ministry we are all doing the ministry so sometimes we too you must feature a song so hey, this generation this Gehazi generation Gehazi instead of inheriting a quadruple portion of anointing you will get leprosy and you will be taken out of the ministry before your time if that is the attitude may the lord change our hearts may we move away from the place of carnality may we be spiritual the bible says to be carnally minded is death and to be spiritually minded is life we want to pray today reaffirming our commitment to the cause of christianity there are people who have laid down their lives for you to have the gospel that we are having today the disciples of Jesus Christ before they received the Holy Ghost were convenient disciples because when the heat came 11 out of the 12 running in fact 10 out of the 12 one of them was the betrayer it was only John it was only John I pray that you'll be like John that you'll be with God when he's multiplying bread when he's raising the sick when he's healing the, the, the sick when he's doing the marvelous things and you will still be by his side during the difficult times all of them ran away when jesus multiplied bread i can imagine peter hey, hey, 
was controlling things. When they caught Jesus and difficult times came, small girl said, Hey, Peter, aren't you one of them? I will slap you. Have you seen me with Jesus before? Come on, keep quiet. Not once, not twice, but three times. But John, we are told that at a point in time, Jesus was preaching and he had his head on Jesus. He was close to That's why they said he was a disciple whom Jesus loved. Can God look at you and place a responsibility in your hand? That was why at the cross, he handed over his mother not to any of the people, but unto John. Because he had proved faithful every step of the way. I pray that you'll be like the apostle John. You'll be with God every step of the way. Every move of the way, you will be with God. Just lift up your voice and pray. Rededicate your life and recommit yourself to this course of Christianity. We'll move away from this era of convenient Christianity. Of crisis Christianity. Where we only see God when things are difficult. We must see God when things are good. We must see God when the, the, the waters are calm. Oh, lift up your voice. I need some intercessors to help me. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. And you are rededicating yourself. Tell God you are sorry for the way you have lived your Christian life. You have taken his kingdom for granted. You have not behaved as you are supposed to behave. You have not taken care of your responsibilities with intelligence. You are supposed to take care of your responsibilities. Just lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. You see, the disciples of Jesus before the Holy Ghost came upon them, they were the convenient type. Even after they realized Jesus had resurrected, led by Peter, they backslid and went back to fishing. So if you read John chapter 21 Jesus appeared to them when they had gone back to fishing you see it wasn't just a matter of it they had actually backsliding it's like this ministry thing we don't see anything let's go back to what we used to do Peter was called by Jesus Christ at the seashore when he was fishing and he was having difficulty with getting a harvest and Jesus gave him the order to throw the net into the deep and he got a bumper harvest and God being so merciful when they backslid and were going back into the fishing in John chapter 21 when Jesus appeared unto them he told them throw the net onto the right side that miracle he did for them at the beginning that brought them into alignment with God's will for their life he had to repeat it to get them realigned today you are praying for a realignment the Lord take me back to the place where I first met you that thing that attracted me to you so much that I was prepared to sacrifice every time, sacrifice my life after that encounter and after receiving the Holy Ghost, these were people who were now prepared to lay down their lives for Jesus Christ, Peter couldn't even stand a young lady but when he preached on the day of Pentecost, he addressed the men and brethren, the males if you like, whatever you want, come and do to me because now I'm filled with the Holy Ghost you want to pray the Lord, take me back to the place where I first believed 
take me back Lord pray and say Lord I pledge allegiance to you once again after examining yourself you probably have realized that you are not serious enough with the things of God you are not serious enough with God you are not treating God like a God you have turned it upside down and treating him like a G-O-G instead of a G-O-D you want to lift up your voice and pray that Lord my heart has not been right before you I have not been as committed as I am supposed to be I am doing things out of convenience I am worshipping you only in a good time Lord I repent I pledge allegiance to the love of God oh people have laid down their lives for the cause of the gospel people were beheaded missionaries of old came to Africa with their clothes packed in coffins because they knew they were going to die there are people in certain places in the world right now they may not be able to finish church service today like we are about to finish church service because some people will throw a bomb and detonate it in the place where they are worshipping but we have the freedom of worship we have the freedom to praise we have the freedom to worship we have the freedom to fellowship we even have the, the, the blessing of internet to have internet services and to have Zoom meetings and to have cell meetings. Not many people can boast of that. You want to pray that, Lord, I pledge my allegiance. I pledge my allegiance unto you. I pledge my allegiance unto the Lord. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. La Torabo Shakata. Lord, we pledge our allegiance unto you. We pledge allegiance. There are many Christians now. If they should put a gun on your head and say, renounce Jesus and live, you will not think twice and renounce Jesus. But God, take us to the place where we are prepared to lay down our very lives for that which we believe in. Oh, lift up your voice. We have been talking for too long. If a gun were pointed at your baby and you were told that renounce Christ or else we plant a bullet in the brain of that innocent child, how many of us can stand for that which we believe in? There are people in northern Nigeria right now at any point in time they meet a judge, a suicide bomber from Boko Haram can come and detonate a bomb. How many of you will be in church if you knew a suicide bomber could come here today? We have not reached that level of total commitment. Oh, but pray and tell God that I pledge my allegiance unto you. With all my strength, with all that I have, I am prepared to lay down my very life for this thing called the gospel. Oh, we thank God for the missionaries. We thank God for those that are suffering in the interlands. For those that will go after every soul. No matter how dark the corner, they find those souls in. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. La
Oh 
it to him. With all my strength, with all, with all I have, I will sing to honor his commands. I pledge allegiance to information reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our facebook page the overflow worship center stays less overflow overflow